Hi, I'm Lindsay Cradwell, Digital Production Assistant for TheWeek.com, and today I'd like to dive into the quaint black-and-white world of vintage public service announcements. In the 1940s and 50s, public service announcements played across the country in movie theaters and on television sets that were just beginning to invade American households. These short educational films were meant to teach young people how to be more healthful and productive members of a rather buttoned-up society. When I started down this rabbit hole, I saw these little cultural time capsules as sort of Stepford Wives training videos. The characters have an almost naive desire to be perfect, uniform human specimens. But I started to pick up on something else, too. Nestled in these quaint, hilariously outdated PSAs were some health tips that actually stand up to today's scientific standards. Here are three of the more surprising ones. In 1950, Encyclopedia Britannica Films explored sleep and its health benefits in a video following three children and their before-bed habits. David and his sister have consistent bedtimes, and quiet before-bed rituals, like reading, playing with dolls, and washing up. These well-rested kids wake up happy and alert, ready to tackle a busy day at school. But then there's George. George just doesn't get enough sleep, but his main trouble is bad sleeping habits. Last night, for instance... No, no, Muggsy! Don't rub me out! I didn't do it! Honest, I didn't! You can't do it, Muggsy! You can't! George's before-bed radio habit may seem antiquated now, but the radio stories of the 1950s are sort of like today's glowing smartphone and computer screens. But even worse than George's radio, our smartphones, tablets, and computer screens emit short-wavelength light that can throw our sleep schedule out of whack. That short-wavelength light has a high concentration of blue light, and research has shown that those blue lights have the power to shift melatonin levels. Regular melatonin levels are lower during daylight hours and increase at night to help us fall asleep. But when we get a heavy dose of blue light right before bedtime, it lowers our melatonin levels and messes with our circadian rhythm. A 2014 study found that participants who read light-emitting devices before bed rather than printed books took longer to fall asleep and took longer to wake up the next morning, just like George. George! George! Get up, George! In 1953, the Centron Corporation took a look at the negative effects of poor posture. Here it is at last, the night of the party that everyone's been looking forward to for weeks. In the video, we scan a room of happy teenagers playing musical chairs, singing, laughing, and mingling, you know, the typical party scene, until we zero in on one lone girl sitting in the corner. And oh yes, here is Adrienne. Adrienne is an outcast, mocked and laughed at by her peers, but she doesn't know why. She wears the same smart clothes as the others and has a sense of humor. After giving herself a once-over in the mirror, Adrienne is told by her own reflection that the problem is her posture. I've always had to show you how you thought you looked. Do you want to see how you really look, Adrienne? Your head pokes forward, your shoulders slump, your stomach will take a look. Yes, Adrienne, the mirror may have gone crazy, but for the first time, it's telling you the truth. Like a lot of boys and girls, your posture is your problem. Since the debut of this PSA in 1953, our posture has probably gotten even worse than Adrienne's, thanks to our hunched-over smartphone-reading habits. Today's science is quick to back up the importance of a straight spine, focusing on the mental and physical health benefits. Recent research shows a connection between a slumped posture and a lower level of confidence. 
In one study, students sitting in a collapsed position were more likely to have negative thoughts and negative memories, while those who were sitting upright were quicker to think about positive, empowering subjects. In 1949, Coronet Instructional Films illustrated the connection between a positive attitude and your health. This is Marv Baker. Marv's an average fellow, lives in an average home, in an average town. But today, well, he looks like he's sore at the world. He's got something on his mind. Marv's bummed because he didn't make the traveling basketball team. He blames his coach for benching him just because he was sick a few times. After aw shucksing it all the way home, Marv finds his sister Alice is laid up in bed with a stomachache. When Ma tells the doctor that Alice lost out on a promotion at work, the doctor is intrigued. She lost a promotion? Yes, it, it went to another girl. Oh. Well, how did she take it? Or what was her attitude? Well, she was disappointed, of course. She hadn't been feeling very well and couldn't do her best work. Her attitude was uh, dejected. Attitude? Does attitude have anything to do with Alice being sick? Well, it could have everything to do with it. Marv suddenly sees his basketball disappointment through a whole new lens and vows to adopt a more optimistic attitude toward the problem. This golly gee tale may seem a little too silly to take seriously, but decades later, science backs up the doc's words. The first major study on the power of positive thinking came out in 1985. Psychologist Michael F. Shear surveyed students near the end of the semester on their level of optimism, as well as any physical symptoms such as dizziness, blurred vision, or fatigue. The students were surveyed again on the very last day of classes, when papers were due and final exams were taken. The results showed that the optimists were less likely to experience the physical symptoms than the pessimists were. And then there's a 2006 study that found that people with a positive outlook were less likely to catch colds. Marv and his PSA were really on to something. If you'd like to go down a similar rabbit hole of vintage PSAs, you can check out the Prelinger archive for a full collection. If you'd like to listen to more of the week's daily podcasts, you can find them on our website at theweek.com. Or you can subscribe to them on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you like what you hear, we'd love it if you could rate our podcasts on iTunes. I'm Lindsay Cradwell, and thanks so much for listening.